Good afternoon and welcome everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio. Great to be with you. Appreciate you being with us. Happy Balls McWednesday to you and yours. I'm Jeff. That's Tom Director Matthew in the house on Twitter. It's at J Cameron Show. It's a fun week, man. So many things going on with the playoffs, both in hockey and the NBA. We got the NFL draft tomorrow with a lot going on now as the buzz gets better and better regarding that. We've got our own nerves that we're holding on to every day that goes by as we worry about, obviously, what happens in the transfer portal. So there's just a lot. But it's fun. It's a lot of fun. You wouldn't have it any other way. And, of course, you want to have a lot of good players. That's how it is that people come calling about your own players. So let's start with that. Yesterday's big news was that Josh Farmer had tweeted out that he was going to take it to the portal. As of the time that we start this show, Josh uh, has not put his name in the portal. That has not happened. Uh, We'll see if he does or he does not. I do not know whether or not he will. This is uh, to echo a sentiment I had yesterday in which I said, we don't know about these things. We don't know about these things. It's that uh, some guys, you know, the way that you track this in the past has been if a player comes out, oftentimes they will say that they have put their name in the portal. And sometimes they say they plan to. And sometimes they say, you know, that um, you know their, their, their recruitment is open and all this other stuff. They're not sure what they're going to do, however they word it. And you parse that and you try to decide, like, how serious is this and what does it mean? It's never good. It's never good if somebody is contemplating their future and that future is not at Florida State and they're a player that is currently at Florida State that you would like to see stay, right? But you also can't make assumptions that things are foregone conclusions either. This is just the way we're going to have to live as fans. It sucks. Nobody likes it. Nobody. Nobody likes to sit around and think, well, we got this really good player that I think is on the cusp of having a very good season, and I don't know if he's going to play for us or not. And it really, it could be any player. I mean, in truth, in the NIL era, guys that you believe are no threat to walk, are no threat to want to leave Florida State because they've been very successful Outwardly, they've expressed uh, how happy uh, they've been. You know, all these things, right? And when that happens, then all of a sudden the name comes out. You're like, what? Who? How could that even be? So it's, um, it's just a tough place to be, which is in limbo if you're a fan. And, of course, it leads to any player, any player that, says they're contemplating doing something like this. Let's say put their name in the portal. They're thinking about doing it. Well, there are repercussions for that, right? They make you feel a certain way. I'm sure it makes the locker room feel a certain way. I'm sure the coaches feel a certain way. Then you've got extended family. You've got the team that potentially they could be going to and that fan base. We've all been on the right side of this and the wrong side of this, and it's just it's a mess. But it also does one thing, most assuredly, is it leads to other rumors. It always leads to other rumors. Well, if that guy goes, maybe this guy will go. Or maybe if that guy goes, it opens up the door for us to bring in this other guy that I've heard we're interested in. Like, this is how the dominoes fall in the era of the transfer portal and the world of NIL, where we pretend that tampering doesn't happen, but we all know that that's exactly what goes on with every program of merit, of note, of significance. 
and you understand there are so many spheres of influence that affect these players. And so I thought about it more yesterday as the hours wore on, and I kept waiting to see whether or not Josh Farmer's name would enter the portal, and it didn't, and it didn't. And I got up this morning early, and I saw over a cup of coffee that his name still wasn't in the portal. And I remember yesterday on some of the headlines saying, you know, we'll see. He feels like a guy that he's very much like a wait-and-see guy. There have been other guys that when we caught wind that they were going to enter the portal, you went, goodbye, he's gone. No chance he's sticking around. No chance he's going to have second thoughts. No chance that this is just a, an idle threat. This is This person is leaving. But with Farmer, and there are some other guys on this team, if it were to happen, I'd go, eh, he might leave. He could go. He is likely contemplating, but there's no guarantee he's gone. I'll wait and see until he puts his name in the portal before I freak out. And that's kind of where we are with him, and I think that's where we're going to be until the deadline comes and goes. I think the thing to consider here, and and we're privy to a lot of these conversations or rumors as they come about, is that there is hardly ever evidence, I don't know if there ever has been, that a portal entry was coming in practice by the way a kid goes through his drills, goes through the periods, interacts with the coaches. You know, it's not like Josh Farmer was acting out in practice, and so therefore this is not a surprise. It's just not that way. These are all things that take place once practice is complete and are behind the scenes. And there was a thread on this earlier in the week when it was, uh, you Mm -hmm. know, kind of rumored. It wasn't, he hadn't gone to Twitter yet, social media, what have you. And my response in the thread was, I don't find merit in a blow-by-blow reporting of all of these rumors because most of them never come to pass. Mm -hmm. And most of them never come to the public's light. It's just a kid who is 18, 19, 20 years old, disgruntled for a moment, wonders, is the grass greener? Realizes, woo, maybe it's not so green. And then the issue is put to rest before the world would even know about it. Right. The moment that the kid goes to Twitter... The moment that changes. Well, you've you have to talk to, about now it. That's you've got to report it because he's decided to put yeah. it out there himself. But a lot of these things, like what you're seeing now, if you're really locked in on the Josh Farmer storyline in the chat or on the air, this back and forth, man, this ain't novel to a collective in a big-time university around the country. They deal with this every day. This is just one that you've heard about. But they deal with this all the time. Yeah, they deal with it all the time. It's an un... Uh, <laughs> unattractive element, I think, of the job. I would hate it. I would hate it. But you know what you're getting into if you're in that game, and that's something you're going to have to deal with. You put out fires incessantly. There are rumors always. There are whispers constantly. Hey, did you hear about this? Well, no, I didn't. Nobody's called me. Nobody has talked about this. Nobody has come to us. No representative has said this. Uh, But I can't afford to ignore it. I can't afford to be in a position where, you know, listen, Who said it? A guy named Keith on the message boards. All right, well, Keith may or may not be connected. I have no idea. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. But what I can't do is act like there's nothing there. I've got to track this down now if I'm part of a collective. If I'm part of a collective. I've now got to track this down and find out, is Keith this guy's uh, cousin? Is Keith this guy's best friend? Is Keith... Uh, do they live together? Is Does Keith have some inside information that I, would be of value to me? Or is Keith just nuts? Is he a troll from another team who got on the boards and thought he'd have fun with it? Is he a guy who said something on a Twitter post that has no merit to speak of? It's 
It's the modern era. It's tough to deal with. Heath is sliced bread, as as we all know him. <laughs> and that's the important thing. I'm glad you revealed that today, that sliced bread's name is actually Keith. This is why I don't like to cover recruiting. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. And it's found its way, this back and forth stuff, to the mainstream team reporting of college. And you got to do it. Like, I get it. It's a function. It's part of, I think, improving the game and calling it what it is and being more transparent about what college football is, which is a business and a huge one. So it's part of the growth process here. But I'm While just, you work out the kinks, it's tough. Man. I'm just a guy who can't stand the back and forth like it's the 11th hour before early signing period saying what we're hearing now, six right. hours later, here's what we're hearing. Yeah. You've got to do it. I get it. Ira put up a post last night just before midnight doing some digging and saying, hey, this is not a dead issue yet. Farmer yeah. could still be coming back. It's just every six hours or eight hours, it's, oh, here's the new update. There is well, no update. Yeah. I, I just can't stand that the, stuff. The part of the problem with it is, too, is let's say, and I, I will give this insight for what it is, let's say, in my position, in this job, right, what I do. All right, so obviously we all cultivate over time a lot of sources. You get sources uh, with your due diligence. You end up knowing uh, players, former players, big-time boosters, uh, administrators, coaches, agents, players. You, you find out you know, people connected to people. and all. This is what happens over many years, over many years, right? Some of whom are invaluable. You understand that their word is as good as, good as gold. Right there, they they are one hundred percent right when they come to you with something, and those are typically the people that don't come to you with something over nothing. They don't waste your time, and then they're the guys that have about a twenty percent hit right. It's not never, but it's about twenty percent of the time. They love the fact that they're in nineteen group messages, right, 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 and being that guy. And then yeah, there's yeah. everybody, Tom, in between. Okay, and you've got to measure and figure what's what. And then you have to decide, are we at a place where this is something that we can talk about candidly? Are we at a place where we can talk about something um, that has real teeth, that matters, that is worth sharing to our listening audience because it provides something, context, entertainment, whatever it might be, right? Something of note. And that's a fine line in this world of NIL because lots of kids on a random Tuesday might get fed up with their situation at practice. They may hear a rumor from somebody that there's a massive offer just waiting on them out there, at which point they tell somebody close to them, a teammate, a player, maybe even another member of the press. It could happen where they say, well, I am considering some other options. You know, I, I like it here, but golly, if there's an opportunity for me to have life-changing money come my family's way, maybe I got to listen to that. Well, now what do you do with that? Because that, well, that was Tuesday. But by Tuesday night... After a discussion with the collective, after a discussion with his position coach, after a discussion with the head coach, after a discussion with a player representative or whatever it might be, they may have taken in totality what that offer really means and what it would mean for them to walk. And what do you do? Because a lot of times they're 18 or they're 19, and you know how this plays out. Emotions, the whims of emotion. I describe it all the time with collegiate kids as opposed to professionals. Even then, young professionals still deal with this too. It's tough because you want to let it breathe. You don't want to go with that. You know of it. You know it's real. You know the kid said it. But you also know the kid may not be so sure that he's going to follow through with it. So do we go with it now? Do we start the upheaval that comes with stating this publicly? You're right. What you typically do is you wait until the kid actually says something, which he did on his social media platform. So once he said it, now you got to acknowledge it. It still doesn't mean it's done. 
It still could have just been a knee-jerk reaction. And you know the difference between one kid and another if you've ever talked with them and you've had relationships and you kind of figure out who they are. Some kids are very easily led astray. Some kids are easily swayed into believing whatever it is that's out there. Others, a little bit more close to the vest, a little bit more contemplative, a little bit more, well, let me take a step back and think on this for a second. That's how it is all throughout the rest of your life. There are people this way in their 50s, 60s, 70s, just as there are in their teens and early 20s. But the more experience you have with it, typically the more you learn after you go through these things, meaning you're the player or the agent or the press member, to take a moment, to take a moment. All right, right now it certainly seems this way. Let's see where we're at 24 hours from right now. Hell, you and I have been part of heated conversations station managers and others and contract talks and things like that, where when we walk out of the room, it doesn't feel good. Doesn't feel good. Kind of feels like the world's falling apart. Like this is never going to work. This guy's an a-hole. I don't want to work for him. I could go somewhere else and do better. What are we doing here? And other times you walk out of the room and you're like, oh, that really went well. And neither turned out to be true. Like the thing you thought went really well, 24 hours is terrible. You're like, what happened? I thought we were set. Other times, you're like, that guy's terrible. A week later, you're like, oh, I got dicey for a minute. Let me buy another beer. My goodness, things are going to be all right. You just never know. And it's this way, too, now in the portal. You see this all the time. Occasionally, a kid, look, I'll just say it. Were we shocked when Sam McCall said he was leaving? Come on now. Anybody who had been out there, we're like, okay, yeah, he's gone. This, ain't, this isn't going well. I mean, he's made it very obvious through body language, words, and every other thing, right? With Farmer, it hasn't been that way. If we're talking specifically about this kid, he's practiced hard. He's put in the work. He's gained 50-plus pounds since he's arrived. He's one of the strongest guys on the team. That's indicative of somebody who's bought in. That's indicative of somebody who cares deeply. He did a charity interview for the golf tournament just, you know, like 10 days ago. Yeah. Um, that's the part of it that, you, you know, you kind of, well, this makes it a little bit more difficult. That's why you throw out the caveat which is, he did tweet that. He may leave. He may not. I'm not real sure. I said that yesterday on headlines. I'm saying it again here for those that didn't catch that. I'm not so certain he's gone. I wouldn't be surprised if he stayed. I wouldn't be surprised if he left. And doesn't that sound like recruiting coverage? It's the worst because you're in limbo. It leads to you being in limbo. You know, and you're going to get with certain players – a lot of uh, a lot of drama because people invest emotionally in their teams, and when there's evidence that a player has real potential, you don't want to see that player leave. But the reality for all of us as fans, with any player, and we learned the hard lesson with Hunter, and we've learned this. You know, I've, I've said ever since that I won't trust any of it. I won't trust it. Doesn't mean it doesn't. It's not going to happen or something good occurs in recruiting, you get a yes from a five-star tight end, well, that's something to be happy about. I ain't going overboard. That kid's got a long time between the time he said, I want to go to Florida State, and the time he signs and arrives, more importantly, yeah. at Florida State. And even if he's here, you know, are we using him enough? You know, these are the conversations that the coaching staff has to have. This is why there's a benefit to taking a player as a transfer versus a high school player, because you at least eliminate one of those paranoias. Yeah, will have a paranoia about a high school kid all the way until he leaves for the draft or is processed. 
Like you're just going to, if he is the kid that you brought in from high school, you're always going to have to check in. Little nudge, like, hey, doing okay? Yeah. Everything all right? Yeah. Uh, Are you telling me the truth? Are you good? It's like when you're deciding whether or not you want to move on forward in this relationship with your significant other. Are they, are they drama bound? Or is this just, is, am I going to deal with this all the time? Or is this just a, a moment? What, what is going on here? Why is it that every party we go to <laughs> doesn't end well? Why does it always end with some kind of argument? Yeah. Why so, can't we just get in the car and go home? Yeah. So you, you begin to assess the situation, you know, accordingly. Like, well, that's, that's twice now. I don't know if I'm going to deal with a third or a fourth. Like, we're going to have to figure this out. Uh, it's just, it's a balancing act, you know? Um, but in this case, look, man, it's when you're trying to preserve a roster and make a run, you know, if you're in a collective and we know people that are, we're friends with them. That's tough. You got to answer that phone at one in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. You got, you might have to get in the car and travel on a random Tuesday night that you did not anticipate because that's what the game is. And it is never ending. And, you know, Josh Farmer could be on a different roster um, and it could be dealing with a different collective. And by this point in the calendar year of 2023, it might be the 20th set instance that you've had to deal with because that's just mm. that's just the yeah. nature of the beast between the high school, the portal and the current roster. Maybe it's your 30th. I don't know. It's just it everywhere you look, if it's big time college football where everybody that secondary market's more valuable because those kids aren't high school players, too more proven tape, and also there's no fear yeah. of them leaving you in the lurch, this is just ever-present. Yeah, it is. It is an omnipresent aspect of uh, the game that we don't like, that we've grown to to now have to deal with as fans, and, and coaches have to deal with it, and players and collectives all have to deal with it, too. Not every player is in the same situation. So when you hear a rumor about one player, do not assume that it's applicable to another. Guys may or may not want to stay or leave. Other guys don't have options. Cannot. They could choose not to play, get ready for the NFL draft. That'd be stupid. Chef Cambridge on 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply what's up guys our next partner that you're going to hear from is athletic greens you've heard me talk about athletic greens in the past happy to talk about them again i take athletic greens every day and I gave them a try because certainly I wanted more energy, sustained energy. I wanted to support my immune system. I don't like taking pills and vitamins per se. And I wanted something that tasted good too. And the first time I tried it, I was very surprised. Uh, it had an appreciable effect on my energy levels. And also, uh, over time, you'll note that it, uh, it helps your skin, your hair, your nails. I don't have a lot of hair, but if I did, I bet I could feel that. I bet I could tell. It's a comprehensive health uh, habit and uh, it is a, a powerful one at that. AG1 is great for recovery. Uh, that's Athletic Greens. 
And uh, I, I take mine basically when I wake up every morning. And I don't have to worry about it because you get all the nutrients that you want. It's the best way to ensure that you're going to get all of your vitamins. It's a carbon neutral business, by the way, if that's important to you. It is to a lot of people, and that's good to know as well. I would also note that uh, it is a comprehensive solution to what you need from a supplement routine. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs right now with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Helps me out, guys, if you use that. Not financially, but it lets them know that you heard this ad on my show. And I do take it. And I am vouching for them because I enjoy their product. It's athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Check it out. I think you'll note the difference in your life with a simple drink each and every morning to start your day. Athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. It is good to be with you on a Balls McWednesday. Hey, by the way, a side note here, um, just just to point it out, because, Tom, I, I figured Jamie knows this, but if she didn't, because she's a busy woman, your wife works really hard and has a lot of responsibility. You know, the Twins did win the season series by beating the Yankees last night. I know it's the first time since, but go ahead. Well, for those that don't, it's the first time since 2001. What? Sweet Jesus. My eighth grade year. I was doing uh, mornings on twelve seventy the team. Mm. I know that, of course, because I was on the air when nine eleven happened. But I, I can, I can remember uh, not the Twins beating the Yankees because it seemed irrelevant at the time. But I can remember a lot of two thousand one. It's imprinted uh, for a lot of reasons. Uh, but I didn't realize it had been since. I think they're 0 for in the playoffs. Oh, yeah, they don't beat the Yankees ever. The they playoffs. played them in the division series maybe four or five times. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Just a side note, I thought if she didn't know because she was busy, that I, you should pass that on. I, the, the Ding dong, the Wicked Witch is dead. I that streak is over. Got that nugget over uh, lunch before I left the house today. <laughs> hey, guess what? What? 2001. Wasn't that when Marvin Lewis was first uh, taking over the Cincinnati Bengals yeah. job that he had for 15 years? You know, you know what's funny, though? We do this all the time. This is why fans fans have such an invested uh, and emotional attachment and, and can argue about anything, right? Because there's evidence that even the most uh, knowledgeable, seasoned veteran coaches or GMs in any sport can butcher this worse than your grandmother randomly selected teams based on the color of their uniforms. Like, if you watched, so I'm thinking about the draft tomorrow and how we're all invested for our team and we're in a nice position of luxury, could literally draft anybody, I'd be like, well, we need him. So that, that that's nice, right? Defensive tackle, we need him. Offensive tackle, we need him. That's a piece to the puzzle yeah, right there. Yeah, wide receiver, need him. Quarterback, need him. Safety, need him. Linebacker, need him. Yeah, we would be like, okay, that's good. Not everybody feels that way. When you're close, when you've been knocking on the door or you're trying to hold on to something, now you're a piece or two away and the debate is this guy or this guy. And it's, it's it gets heated. It's fun. When you were Green Bay for about five drafts in a row there, you're just not taking receivers you're out of spite, <laughs> which is awesome. <laughs> well, so anyhow, we see coaches, even smart coaches, screw things up 
all the time. We see GMs screw things up all the time. We see players screw things up all the time. And we think, how is it even possible? How could you get to a place where you're in that, you know, exalted position of power and you don't know what you're doing? <laughs> and you can first guess it. And sometimes you are right enough to keep you doing it over and over again. So I'm watching the Celtics last night. Here's a good example. I'm watching the Celtics last night. I may or may not have a bet to have them close out that series against the sorry-ass Hawks. It's over. The Hawks have zero chance to win that series. All right. The Celtics are up 13 with six to play. It is over. In Boston, it's over. Except it's not. Because for whatever reason, Boston does not blitz Trey or double him to get the ball out of his hands. The Hawks have nobody else. It's just Trey Young. His usage rate is like 40%. He's a ball hog. He'll shoot 50 times to score 36 points. That's who he is. He's the worst. He's the worst. I would punch his face if I was his teammate. He's the worst. Better than the Celtics. <laughs> so, the in, so you watch this play out, and you're going, get the ball out of his hand. Just get the ball out of his hand. Make some one of the other bums on that Hawks team beat you. Any of them. Any of the other bums. And they don't. They never do. And <laughs> he beats them. And it's funny because he is capable of that. Like all shooters, occasionally they get hot at the wrong time because you let them keep shooting that shot. And I was just, I thought, this is unimaginable. That guy's a professional. These guys have aspirations of going to the finals. Milwaukee's down three games to one. It's a red carpet to the finals in the East, you dumbasses. Anyhow. Sounds like you're a Celtics fan again, beyond the wager. No, I just, I, I don't care anything about the Hawks, and Trey Young is the worst to watch play basketball. And so I can't, it's just, I'm sitting there. See this generation's Harden? He's, he's difficult, man. He Although just, he won a game by himself in the just, fourth, so maybe not. That's true. <laughs> maybe he's in a different place. Oh, he's done that before. He is the kind of shooter that gets, he can go crazy. Especially if you just let him keep shooting. He can't go. Was it was it just a win? Was that was that was on the line here? Was it a oh, number? Yeah, was yeah. it Celtics minus six? No, no, was no. It? it was just a win to close Ooh. it out. It was just a win. It was a money line bet. Ouch. Mm. But you know, just get it out of his hands. And think, I mean, if you think about it from a basketball perspective, if you're Boston, Embiid is hurt. You would have started the Sixers series this weekend. That big dummy might not have even played. You had it made. Uh, Coach, do you think if you had something on the money line tonight, you might have approached it differently? <laughs> You're, up three one. You're up three games to one at home in the garden with 13 points. You have 13-point lead with six minutes to play. What are you doing? I think you should have thrown in an extra one. In the garden, you, one of the most historic you, venues you, you know, you in know all who, of basketball. You know who's mad? You, uh, Janet Jackson fans are mad. She was booked to play on Thursday in Atlanta. Now they got a bumper. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> Janet Jackson fans are like, are you kidding me? The Hawks have zero chance to do anything in the playoffs. We all know this. What are we doing? Are we sure they're playing on Should Thursday? We, yes. It's the NBA playoffs. Should they we, might play game six next week. Do we just forfeit the game? I know it's in Atlanta and we can force a game seven here and all of that, but we know the Hawks aren't winning this series. Can we just let Janet Jackson perform on Thursday? We, we're just wasting time out here, folks. That's true, though. It is. Maybe they could tip it off at four. She was supposed to play the uh, State Farm Arena there. It's now double booked. Even the Hawks didn't think they were going to win. Yeah. 
Janet, that time of year, we won't be in the playoffs. Don't worry about it. That's really bad. You know who also <laughs> didn't think that the Hawks were going to be in it? The Hawks. The NBA and the, the television networks I because know. they know the schedules for I these know. venues well before they set the series. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, I mean, it made me laugh. When I saw that so this morning, I was like, really? The NBA, ESPN, and Turner are saying, no chance. We're fine on that Thursday. No big deal. <laughs> so really quickly, back to uh, the situation with Farber and the NIL and, and Transfer Portal and all that. I, I guess that was a very long-winded way for me. Sorry, I'm beating up my microphone now. Long-winded way for me to say that, you know, this isn't over yet. Hang in there. Um, and let's hold our breath that things work out. You don't have many more days now. I'd also just offer, you know, to folks, you can check out emotionally on these things. We got it. We got you covered. Warchan has you covered. The website, the TV function. Anytime there's breaking news, hit the like button, subscribe, do all that stuff. We'll, we'll alert you. But if you want to, you know, spare yourself the roller coaster ride and just take the news as it comes, I think that's the right way to go about these things. Because as we discussed in the, opening segment when you're privy to all of the rumors it becomes exhausting and just for, take it from somebody who's heard lots of them just hang in there and maybe detach from like the life or death feeling you have because this isn't going to be the only situation of its kind that comes to the public in the future there's going to be a moment it may not be this year it may be next year the year after the year after we don't know what's coming down the pike in terms of regulation and how nil is going to work and that's going to be in-house or what it's going to be but if it were to stay in some way similar to as it is now you can rest assured a high profile elite player that is more than a rotational piece but instead a starter who is an all acc caliber player is going to get picked off. It's going to ha it's already happened to other schools in this conference. Happen we know that. Yeah. But it's it's that's what's going to happen. Uh there's going to be a morning where you wake up and go, you've got to be kidding me. I can't believe we'll have another Bolitnikov winner to go <laughs> next to Larry Fitzgerald. <laughs> well, I can't believe it either because he's going to USC. Yeah, he's gone. But I mean it, you know, that that's the kind of stuff it, with this being the setup. You know in the draft which is tomorrow, we always talk about this. You can think a quarterback like Will Levis is garbage. You might think, I don't see it. Saw plenty of Kentucky games. Don't know what the hell they're looking at. But it doesn't matter because every team in the first round might think that way except for one. And if that one is drafting second, third, fourth, whatever, then there it is. That's all that has to happen. I could only choose one. <laughs> So, and we've now learned, too, with, with quarterbacks, you go back a long way, and you see with these hit rates, I mean, it, it's 50% if you're lucky. If you're lucky. And I'm, then sometimes you have to chloroform your owner, like the Cowboys <laughs> did with Jerry Jones when they took Zach Martin instead of Johnny Manziel. Good move. Good move. The draft war room story was that they basically had to force him to stand down. Yeah. As they should have. My man, Johnny Manziel's a bum. Stop it. You're like a little girl on social media platforms. C leave the room. You're killing me. Keep pouring Jerry's drinks heavy. I want Let him. Let us do our job. I want him sedated by noon. That's right. 
Go get it, Linda. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you do. I mean, that, that would be tough. And imagine if you're a scout. Like, that's a hard job, man. That is a really hard job. You travel incessantly. There's a lot of pressure on you. And a lot of the scouts are doing that job on their way to something else within the organization. Like the paydays down the road. Now, there are scouts who make a lot of money. But usually they have two titles. They're a scout and there's something else. But if you're a scout on the road incessantly, the guys we run into at campus all the time. I remember talking to the Dolphins scout that was here to look at Trey McKitty when he was here. And I talked to him about who he was there to look for. Those guys are cool, by the way. They're fun to talk to every now and then, pick their brain. I asked him who he was there to see. He was wearing his Dolphin shirt, has a little clipboard and everything else. He was like, that guy. He pointed to Trey McKitty. I still hate that we didn't get anything out of Trey McKitty. No, and not that Georgia did much with him either. He's in the league. He is. Yep. And in that Playing offense, it's hard to ask him to buy in again, you know, with another new coaching staff. But in the offense that he could have been in for a year. Yeah. Ouch. I know. But he pointed to Trey McKitty, and I said, well, yeah, certainly the body type. I mean, who looks like that? He's like, mm-hmm. And then he was just going through and checking off whatever it is. But then that guy has to go somewhere else and somewhere else and somewhere else and somewhere else. And it's just constant, right? Now, imagine you do all that work. You do all that they've asked you to do. You're never home to see your wife. You're <laughs> traveling incessantly. And you get in the room with the other scouts and you've compared notes with all those guys. They had the West. You had the South. They had the other guy, you know, Jerry over here had the Northeast. And all of you were like, okay. Given our needs, given the mandate of this team, given what we already have in place, and you guys have a meeting of the minds, highest rated, highest graded player we have on the board for round one. And collectively you come together and you're like, you know what? Defensive end, Arkansas, I've got him as a top 10 pick. Me too, me too. Okay. Jerry Smith. That's the pick. That's the pick. All right. Then you go into your owner. I think he's going to be there at nine. I think we're going to be all right. I, I think we got to go defensive end here, Coach. You know, it's, I mean, uh, sir, it's been a big point of emphasis for us. We haven't had a pad rush, pass rush in three years. This is a guy who's dynamic, grades out on all of our boards, top 10. I'm thinking I like that midget quarterback from Texas A&M. Okay. Okay. Certainly he's flashy. Um, not very talented. Not very talented. But he that won the Heisman. That was a great answer to de-escalate the owner. <laughs> Can I just circle back? This is why the PR firm is is unparalleled. Certainly he is flashy. He's flashy. That's a great way to placate yeah. while telling somebody he's an idiot. Yeah. Yeah, he's flashy. Well, he, you know, he won the Heisman. Yeah, well, lots of guys won the Heisman in college football that had no chance to play in the pros. Uh, so, you know, I mean, that that's not everything. That offense certainly suited him. Um in the league, if you lack athleticism, height, and arm strength, it's a problem for that position. So he's 5'10 with an average arm and not, not nearly as mobile as he was in college against lesser teams. So I don't really know what it is he does that will help us improve. Can we talk about the other quarterbacks? I mean, if we're, if we're helping on quarterback, can we look at some of the other guys? <laughs> so that's got to be brutal, that moment where you've done all of that work. And an owner's just like, no, I like Doug Flutie. Mm, okay. All right. Think of all the money we can make on cereal. Doug Flutie, huh? This is going to be a toughie. Watching that play out tomorrow night never gets old. It is the gift 
of the male soap opera that we all love. It's hilarious. Jerry Jones and the Raiders. And then there's usually a rotation of about three or four other franchises. But the constant has been the Raiders and Jerry Jones. Oh, Wispy, when he was alive, was fantastic. You know, Wispy, would he was going to draft a big and fast wide receiver. No matter what, you could go to Wispy and be like, you know, he played in seven college games. And he, three of them were good. I'll give you those three. But they were against Nichols as well as, you know, and then you go through and you name the teams that he had the good games against. Also, uh, I, would, I would say that, you know, he played at Maryland. It was like he starred at Ohio State. This is, he's fast. <laughs> that, that is true. That is true. Yeah. He was going to draft a really fast receiver no matter what. You're like, well, we, we've, we've gone receiver six years in a row. Speed's not the issue we got here. Got some problems elsewhere. <laughs> Loved it. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Adam Rittenberg, ESPN.com, had Florida State in the uh, top 20 future defensive power rankings. Take that for what it's worth. I'm not saying you have to be like, he did, but he did. And uh, had, I think, I think last week he had the quarterback room number nine in the country. The room. Okay. Um, but had the defense in terms of uh, future defensive power ranking, uh, I think 18th. No, I don't think, I know, 18th. I put it here in my notes. He, um, we were not inside the top 25 last year in the same ranking turned out to be accurate it's interesting to me so the quarterback room is nine the only way you could know what a quarterback room ranking would be or the only way you could do it is to go straight to recruiting rankings yeah. for the backups he cites it there's there's he no other it. way to do it. you can do it also in games started but from backups if, if you've had a backup that's been there three years and started you know yeah sample size of four games or something you could say well this person's had to play and here's how they played when they did but yeah, he cites it. He says, "Look, they, you know, Duffy was this ranking. This is their top. They had a top three hundred kid commit this year." And he was talking about um, Duffy, and he was talking about um, what Tate was at the time that he committed, and then where they're at now with Brock as well. Um, he, you know, he obviously cites that the 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 main reason for a ranking in the top ten for that room is one Jordan Travis, who made this remarkable leap forward who is top five in most every single metric, simple or advanced, when you're talking about efficiency of any returning quarterback in the country. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's going to be he's gonna be a guy that puts up huge numbers this year. I, I don't think there's any way around that, short of some things that are unforeseen right now, either due to injury, knock on wood, no, or the portal or something weird. Or you can run for 300 yards a week and it, yeah. it's blowout city, and so he doesn't get to amass numbers. That That actually is the more likely... Um, hill for him to be able to climb to get over and, and have a shot at the Heisman. Like, what are the two or three things that would prohibit a guy like him who took the step that he did a year ago to put up the numbers he did a year ago and to come back with even more in his arsenal, both in terms of what he does as a passer, what they can do as an offensive line, what they can do at wide receiver, tight end, 
They finally got him somebody at the position. So the only thing that would prohibit him from really being a candidate, besides the fact that there is a guy who's already won it and starting at USC, uh, is the fact that I think the vast majority of this schedule points to Florida State running the football for excessive numbers and emasculating defenses throughout the ACC. And how much do you want to do that with him? You don't want to do it with him. How much does he want to do that? Well, they proved it last year. They don't want to do it with him. They don't have to. Why would you? There are games, and we we call them out before the big ones. Going to need Jordan here. He's going to have to do everything in this one. Didn't think we needed for Florida, but we did. And he answered the bell. He wasn't timid. Yeah, and there are games where you just say this has to be a Jordan game. He's special. They don't have an answer for him. You know, they're they're going to score on our defense. We're going to need everything we have in the arsenal this Saturday. You know, but there are only a handful of those, not even a handful of those games. There are three, maybe, of those games this upcoming year. Obviously, LSU, obviously Clemson. And then there will likely be another candidate. There'll be another team that maybe we're not talking about right now. Maybe on the road to Pitt. Who knows? That's one of the things I've been reflecting on since spring camp is over. And it's that the familiarity, the advantage sways to the defense so heavily. When you're oh, gonna yeah. you're gonna be what you are on offense, and you've got a core set of principles, you're not gonna break the bank with Jordan's legs because he's non-contact, and you already know that he can do that. I just wonder what this offense is going to look like, and how much more consistently lethal will it be, even against good defenses, when they don't know what's coming, and you can scheme to do that to surprise consistently and to maybe break tendencies. It's hard to to value that. Or, or assign a value to that in spring just because you do what you do as your base. Yeah. And so the defense starts to cheat in some of those situations. It's also a limiting factor, I think, on assessing just how good the defense is. When you're playing each other every day, that there are some things that just become advantageous. Everybody who's ever been part of a long practice regiment, gone through back in the day, we used to go through two-a-days, and you've done two-a-days, and then you you roll into the fall and prepare for the season. If you're a junior and you've been playing a lot <laughs> since you got brought up, I mean, you're jumping stuff, you're cheating, you're sliding inside, even though you would never do that against something you didn't know. You know, I mean, it happens all the time. So that is 100% correct. It makes it more difficult to assess just how good or bad a player's been in spring. Yeah, the only thing I'd say that was really reassuring was I thought the trench battles were legitimately good and, and competitive because of good play. Well, you can't. Not because of a dearth of talent at a certain yeah. part. And that and that's a place where it's harder to cheat. I don't care what you're running. At some point, football is football, and you have to beat the guy across from you. And that's even true in zone. So I mean, you, you that happens. Well, when they're going 11-on-11, 11 11, yes, I agree yeah, with you. Yeah. But there are times where they have drills called, like, the run game drill. Yeah, well, right, what right. do you think is going to be coming yeah, here? Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. going to attack a play in that manner. Defensive end, I would think that's more important for than than somebody in the interior. But... This is a much better offensive line. I think we all agree with that. Mm-hmm. And yet, the defensive line did a great job of resetting the line of scrimmage and coming up with wins in short yardage situations. It wasn't just in the spring game. It was in that race to 10 drill that we saw at Doe Campbell the week before. The defensive line set the tone. Well, dominated. Dominated. They were great. I don't think that's because the offensive line sucks. No. My point. And, and I, what I will say, and we'll see what happens, this, this name got brought up earlier. But let's just, let me just say this. If Daryl Jackson cares to try hard and focus this season, 
This is his money year. This is it. I need you to lock it in for seven months. I don't care that you don't like college necessarily and you're transferring every which way to Sunday. This is it. You're out of transfers. You got to care because nobody can block you. Nobody. You'll be a first-round pick. Nobody can block him when he cares. When he efforts in practice, they don't block him. They don't. He's too big, too strong. He is, I think, in truth, when trying his hardest, the best defensive tackle we have, and I don't think it's close, and we have Fabian Lovett. So we'll see if he does. If he does, this defense can be dominant. You're right, it's not because of our offensive line. It's because dudes like that are a real problem. Um, it's, it's, we'll see. You, gotta, you just got to hold your breath and make it through these off-season days and hope like hell you're in good shape. I just look forward to seeing it. And, you know, you could see how the receivers, I think we're deeper than the spring game would indicate. Just another quick observation. We're deeper at receiver than the spring game would indicate because when you go into those seven-on-sevens and those individual drills, we've got some guys who will make a defensive back look silly now and, and generate big plays. And they do so consistently. This is why Vandravius Jacobs has most of us in the media going, man, this could be mm-hmm. earlier mm-hmm. than expected in arrival because he would do things against Corners that you've heard of, if you follow this roster, that simply a, a early enrollee freshman shouldn't do. So I think we're going to be okay there. But it's just when you see this offense and Coach Norvell gets to scheme it for LSU, there's going to be a really talented dude wide open once a quarter. I mean, there just has to be. There's too much balance on the field, even with some of the I think the tight ends provide that is what it is. Too. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Jaheim Bell obviously, you know, we, we've talked about Morlock as well. It may take him a little bit longer to get up to speed, given that he's coming from shorter. But he showed enough in practice to say that he should be okay pretty quickly. He belongs, athletically speaking. He does, and yeah. he's got the, you know, we've talked a lot about he's bigger than I thought he was when he got here. So, yeah, absolutely. But I think, it, you know, that LSU game, I don't know how impactful he's going to be. Jaheim Bell will be. Yeah. Because I don't see any so reason. So will Mark Easton. you got to put him out there. Who I love. Who I love. Yeah. You're right. There's a lot of balance. There's less... Um, razzle dazzle game breaking, you know, players on this roster than in some others that are elite. But there's probably more balance than most others. So, I think we're in good shape. Pick your poison. Somebody's open. Hour number two, fourth coming. Stay with Jeff Cameron Show ninety three three Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. <laughs> 